0: You're listening to episode 80, brought to you by Purple. For a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress, just go to purple.com and use the promo code LOVELY at checkout. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com, in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram, where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. Today's episode was so much fun for me to prepare for because unlike most of the episodes I do where I'm reading a lot of nonfiction books, which are great, but they're nonfiction, This time, I actually got to read some fiction to prepare for my interview with Kimberly Stewart. It was so refreshing and so much fun to read her chick flick romantic comedy kind of book. It was exactly what I needed at the end of the summer, but I think that her books would be a great read any time of the year. I can't wait to get my hands on some more of her work because it just helped me kind of get lost for a while and it was so enjoyable. And even more fun really was getting to chat with her. She was so genuine and so kind-hearted I loved being able to do this interview with her. It really felt like we were just sitting down, getting to know each other over coffee, and I hope you guys will really enjoy getting to listen in on this conversation. But first, I did want to mention, if you haven't checked it out already, the same page podcast that we launched last week is live and raring. It has just taken off. We are so excited by the reception, and if you haven't checked it out yet, then we want to make sure that you get over there and you hear how much fun we're all having. Just go to the samepagepodcast.com for more of the details, but you can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. We would love to have you subscribe and get in there and see what all the goodness is about. All right, ladies, without further ado, here is my interview with Kimberly Stewart. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. It's great to be here. I am so excited to have you because I just finished your book, Heartland, last week and I ate it up. It was like the perfect end That's of summer awesome. read. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. That's a huge compliment. Oh, it was so fun and just like refreshing. And the characters I felt like were so well developed. And Thank just, you. yeah, the descriptions of the scenes and, you know, from somebody who always kind of wanted to live in New York City. It was really fun to, to hear it just like described so well and, and Um. I just, yeah. I
1: love it. Oh, thank so. you. That's a huge compliment. I really appreciate it. I'm yeah. so glad it ended your summer well. That's great.
0: Yeah. Well, and it kind of got me back into a kick of reading fiction again because I've had so much nonfiction for the podcast and right. I enjoyed it so much. I was like, I just need more fiction in my life. Oh, like, good. I love ending my day that way or just always having that fiction book in my right. purse or whatever. And so I was like, oh, I- I'm looking forward to that heading into fall where I just oh, get to Oh, that's like,
1: so good. That's a huge fiction. compliment.
0: Well, and now I have a new author to be looking for more things by so that's <laughs> well, really fun you. too
1: that's so great i'm just so glad you enjoyed it that's awesome yes.
0: but for people who don't know really who you are would you like to introduce yourself and tell tell where people can find you
1: i'd love to um, i my name is kimberly stewart and i'm a writer living in the midwest i live in iowa um and my eighth novel just came out this summer it's called heartland it's a total love letter to small towns everywhere. Yes. Um, and I write Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks movies in literary form. Yes. So, yes. Oh, good. I'm glad that hit the mark. That's really what I'm hoping for. But um, yep. I feel like there has that um, there's room room on the shelf for more of those kinds of books. So it's an honor and super fun to write them.
0: Well, they're just so fun and so refreshing. And I mean, there's so much great like deep hardcore fiction that makes you think right. about life and process right. things, but you don't always want that Honestly, right. sometimes i kind of want the romantic comedy right. i want the the chick flick book that totally. i can just enjoy and just really right. like be rooting for the characters and looking forward to seeing what happens and how it all plays out and just really eat it up like i literally felt like it was like watching a movie, and that I just wanted to like devour it as fast as I could. oh, like, I'm it was so
1: glad like, that's yeah. so good. That's definitely the goal i I read a lot of different kinds of books, um sure. and I read plenty of the of the um books that make you lost and thoughtful and um maybe sad yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just challenge you. I challenge you. I read a lot of those as well, but I, there is a there is definitely a spot, I think for the book that just entertains you. Yeah. Um, I don't want. I never want a reader to have to park her brain at the door. So I. I like to have yeah. layered enough characters and plot lines that, um, you know, your page turning. But I agree with you. Sometimes we just we just need a break and and yes. i think a happy ending is kind of underrated these days so
0: yeah i love a happy ending and sometimes i listen to like these book podcasts that i love listening to but they're always like i love when things just you know they're real life because they don't turn out well and i'm like i my life is not turning out well enough <laughs> as it is at the moment like i really need to read something where things are going well for people
1: right sometimes that's exactly what the doctor ordered yeah. i you know Talk with my girlfriends. They say on the weekends when they have some time, which doesn't happen often, but when they have a little bit of extra time, they are streaming *Sweet Home Alabama* and *Notting Hill*. Yes, and you know you've got *Mail*. All those those movies have been out forever now, but there's something about. There's something about just settling into that kind of story and watching that chemistry develop and that witty banter and yes. um, and will they won't they but just totally focused on that that fun that fun aspect of romance. So um, I love it. I think it's yeah. fun to watch and fun to read and it's sure fun to write.
0: Yeah. And it's so funny that you say Sweet Home Alabama, because that's exactly what I kept coming back to throughout your book. <laughs> like, oh, I see those like that. That's the one that remind, it reminded me of the most. Oh,
1: good. I really love that movie. So I'm yeah. sure that came out of the yeah. book.
0: <laughs> well, it was just so fun. And I love, though, that It was definitely that like, you know, romantic comedy kind of thing, but there were still twists in there that I was going, wait, no, why, why are you doing this? Like, you can't do this. Like, oh, good. I love it.
1: It's so so fun when you hear someone's emotional reaction to it. So that's good. I'm I'm glad you were involved. That's a huge, huge um, compliment to me. So
0: (laughs) it was a tough one for me to put down at night. Oh, good. That's great. And I kind of was mentioning to you before, like, I get so many nonfiction books for the podcast. Right. And a lot of them are absolutely amazing and they're wonderful and they teach you so many things and, you know, that's great. But still, they're harder for me to pick up. They're harder for me to get through. Like, I honestly have to sit down and say, okay, I need to interview this author in two weeks. That means I need to read this many (laughs) chapters a day (laughs) to get this done because it's just like it takes extra effort and I really have to process it and figure out how to talk to them about it and right. you know how can I apply this to my life and you know right. and when you can just enjoy something there's no actually like having to map out how to get through it because you just right. want to be doing it and right it's really I'm just so looking forward to this kind of pushing me getting me into my fiction kick for the fall because oh that's great I I needed it I needed just that that breath of fresh air so that's great
1: fall's a great time for fiction i mean let's be honest gets a little bit cozier inside a little cooler outside perfect time i agree (laughs) and i think
0: we think of it a lot of like oh summer is the perfect time that's like when all the the summer reading guides come out and you're going to be able to sit by the beach well when i'm sitting on the beach i'm watching my three-year-old to make sure she (laughs) doesn't drown in the water (laughs) and so the beach
1: is not no that isn't that an urban legend right that the beach is a relaxing place (laughs) not if you're there with your progeny if anyone related to you young is around you the beach is the least relaxing place second only to the pool yes so no there's no reading going on we're just hoping for survival okay we're looking for the whites of everyone's eyes yes no Chapter 3. Yeah. I'm right there with you, sister.
0: Yeah. I went to the pool this summer with, you know, my kids that span an age from 3 to 12. And while I was trying to keep, you know, the 3 and 6-year-old alive, I had the 12-year-old that was a full-on 12-year-old in that water. (laughs) And it was just like, oh my gosh. I don't know if I've ever thought a person is more obnoxious than I think you are right now. And he just was like splashing me to death and going crazy and he kept oh, saying mom oh. mom I want to race you mom I want to race you and I'm just That's trying right. to you know keep these girls above the water finally I was like fine all right you want to <laughs> race me I'll race you <laughs> let's let's put the hurt on this kid and I just Dove under that water, and I waited on the other awesome. end of the pool. That's was like, awesome. Would you like me to touch the end yet? Are you gonna get down here anytime soon? Yeah, mom can still kick your butt. Don't be thinking yes, you've you... I just love that schooling yeah. the 12-year. That's yeah. pretty good, mama. Good job. Like sometimes you just gotta still show them. Right. <laughs> just so you remember, I yeah. did have a life
1: before this, and yeah. it involved swimming fast. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> so ha.
1: Oh, that's a great image. I don't think you could insert a novel into that image. No. I think you were fully tapped out. Yeah. I think you were done. Yeah. Yep.
0: At that point there there was no there was no even sitting down, let alone reading <laughs> exactly. happening. So yeah, I think that that fall is much more that's when I feel like we get set into a routine. There's less crazy there's less there's a camp this week there's a camp that week you know like people aren't running in a thousand different directions as much it's more like okay I can actually know when I can carve out time to be reading
1: our days look different did your your kids have started school then
0: no they actually well by the time this comes out they will have started but they start at the end of next week okay we
1: started today so today is the big is the big day for us and I have three kids in three different schools and so it was a little bit um, I've been up a long time, Mackenzie. Yeah.
0: Oh gosh. <laughs> I bet. Well, and I'm bracing myself for that because this is our first year not homeschooling. Uh, so this is, and okay. I actually have three kids in three different schools as well. Now that I think the about same it. Same thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so three different,
1: super different start times, or are they all about the same time?
0: Um, pretty different. Well, it's it ranges over an hour. Period. Okay. So. Okay. So, yeah, but like different ends of town, and right. you know, we're yeah. in it this have year.
1: Have you thought of audiobooks?
0: Oh, well, <laughs> we're starting the new podcast. Have you heard about that? The new podcast? Yes, I'm coming out with a brand new podcast called The Same Page. Oh.
1: Oh, fantastic.
0: Yes. And it's actually... So everybody here listening has probably heard about it a million times, but it will have released on August 27th, and every Monday morning, an episode goes out that is like kind of a memory work episode that you're supposed to be able to listen to in the car with your kids or during breakfast or whatever, and it has Shakespeare, poetry, scripture, and um presidential facts and it's about oh, five it. minutes long and then monday through thursday every week i'll be releasing another another chapter in a classic children's novel
1: oh i love this yeah
0: so we're starting out with the wizard of oz and then we're That's following it up with heidi and dr doolittle and oh those yeah.
1: are great yeah
0: so it's what gonna a be fantastic so idea I'm so excited about it. We have a membership community with all sorts of like extra things for if you want to take it deeper and everything. But if you just want to listen to the podcast with your kids every morning, then you've got kind of this pre-programmed listening to be able to flip on in the car.
1: Oh, I'm totally your target market. That's awesome. Good for you. That's great. I'm excited
0: about it. Yeah. Go look for it on iTunes.
1: Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely will. That's awesome.
0: But enough about my story. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about it. That's a good story. Yeah. No, I'm super excited about it. Really giddy right now. But how did you get started writing Christian fiction?
1: I mentioned I have three kiddos. And when Anna, my eldest, she is now 15. In fact, she drove herself to school today. Oh, my goodness. I just feel like that deserves a moment of terror, silence. (laughs) Yeah, just acknowledging that that really happened. Wow, Um, it's a five-minute drive, but I stared at my phone because I I "I have to text the second you are in park. You have to, you have to tell me, and she did, and she's fine. But she, when long ago and far away, when she was not driving herself around, she was a baby, and when I, um, when we first started having children, and Anna was an infant. I was staying home. I stayed at home with my kiddos, and um, she was, as I said, my first. And that whole transition was kind of a rough one for me. I was a high school Spanish and ESL teacher before um, Anna came along, and I loved my job, and I loved my my students, and I loved my fellow teachers. And I went from being in a very social environment to being with um, a lovely small human who had her charms, but she was not verbal. Um, she, she cried and that's about it. And so when my husband would come home at night, I would, um, attack him and say, what did you hear today? Tell me every word you heard from every human. And (laughs) were there a lot of long words and a lot of really great stories? And I think I started to scare him in part because he was in dental school. So I just want you to know the stories were not that great. the stories were about like people who didn't floss. Yeah. And it didn't matter. I pumped him for every single detail. And I think I was starting to make him nervous because this was a little bit out of the ordinary for my personality. And so he was the one who gently suggested a hobby. Yeah. And, um, so during nap time, um, I started to write, um, just took out an old laptop and started to write, um, vignettes, really little kind of almost devotionals of what I was learning about Parenting and what I was learning about God through parenting, there's so much family imagery and parenting imagery mm-hmm. um, in the Bible and that was just absolutely blowing my mind because for the first time, I was starting to understand that if God loved me the way I loved Anna, that was a game changer for my for my whole life. It made sense for the first time. And so um, kind of realizations like that and also just funny things. You mentioned um, finding a lot of books that are are serious and, and, and um, kind of push you emotionally and spiritually to a new place, often through hard work. And I was finding a lot of mo- – I mean this is a long time ago, but I was finding most motherhood books or most parenthood books to be very – almost dour at that point. Mm. They've had a, we've had a huge growth in that niche. So I I can't really speak to that now, but 15 years ago, it was hard to find a book on parenthood that was not totally depressing. And that didn't make me feel like I have done everything wrong. And she's only been here for three months. Yeah. So, and, and I'm pretty sure I'm, feeling we are kindred spirits about this, Mackenzie. I'm pretty sure that when you talk to your friends on the phone, I mean, you probably cover a lot of material. I surely do. But we laugh a lot. Yeah. I mean, we we call each other about hilarious things that are happening while we're being moms. So, yes. yeah. So I was not finding that. So my writing was really a reaction to that. Um, And I started with nonfiction. I ended up going, um, having the guts to to submit a piece to the university of Iowa alumni magazine. They had an open call for a short nonfiction piece and I wrote one and I won, which was shocking to me. I could wow. not believe that they would pay me money yeah. for an idea. That's so, fun. <laughs> so that gave me just enough impetus to kind of yeah. talk about it a little bit with my mom. And my mom is a total cheerleader. She, um, I think sometimes moms, I think I'm hoping I am this for my kids. My mom could see a dream there that I wasn't really willing to even admit yet. I'm a firstborn. I'm a total, like very, I'm a realist. (laughs) So saying out loud, I really want to write a book sounded ridiculous to me. So I don't think I would have even mentioned it to anybody else. But the Christmas after I won that little contest, my mom um, and dad gave me a gift, and when I opened it up, it was a plane ticket and a registration to a writer's conference down in North Carolina. Oh, wow. I opened it up. I burst into tears because I think I I hadn't even admitted to myself that that, that I was nursing that yeah. hope. So for them to um, step up and do that, and at a time when Mark and I had literally maybe $3, yeah. that I just never. Would have, I. It wouldn't have happened. None of this would have happened because I wouldn't. I would have felt like that was just too big of a risk. So, um. So that's how it started. And when I ended up down at that conference, I met an author, a great guy named Ray Blackston. He wrote a very funny book called Flabbergasted. Okay. And I we had we had a chance to go. This was um, the Blue Ridge Writers Conference, and there was a chance to go for fifteen minutes. You could set up little fifteen minute gigs where you would meet an agent or an author, another author, an editor. And I met Ray and he was so kind to me and marched me across the room and said, I want you to meet an editor that I know. And so that editor ended up acquiring my first two books.
0: Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. It was
1: really, I I was so clueless. I did not have any idea what I was doing. I still really don't, but even more than. Yeah. And I look back and think, <laughs> just the total grace of God that any of that happened because, you know, I was willing to work hard, but I really had not, I didn't know how nervous I should be for any of those meetings. Yeah. I was supposed to be nervous for Ray, and he's a very kind Southern gentleman. He didn't even let me get nervous, and I didn't know I was supposed to be nervous for the editor. So it's really kind of nice that I was i was just so not um, ready because yeah. <laughs> I probably would have freaked out if I would have known the stakes. So
0: Yeah, but how amazing to get two books picked up and, and then just really get the ball rolling from there.
1: Well, that was a huge, huge gift. I know I had kind of an inkling when I met this editor, Andrea. She was so wonderful, and she read my nonfiction stuff first, and she pushed it back across the table and said, "Yeah, we're not really acquiring anything like this. Do you have any anything else you'd like to show me?" Um, and I did have the very beginnings of a novel, and I I put that paper in front of her, and I watched her eyes go down the sheet, and I thought, "And you have about, you know, you've got about a half a page really, yeah, <laughs> until." no. And um, I saw her laugh a little bit at one part and I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, please help that to have been a funny part. Yeah. <laughs> Either she's laughing at or with, and I don't know which one it is. And I kind of knew when she pushed that back over the over the table, she said, okay, write write this down. And she was all urgency and I had to get exactly what she was writing, a specific email address for one of her colleagues at this publishing house. And she said, if you don't write my name on the front page, um, it'll go right to the slush pile. So make sure you write that. And I remember my hair kind of sticking up on the back of my neck, like, okay, these are rules. I don't even know these rules yet, but it seems like these are pretty serious rules. So, um, so I kind of had an inkling, but not much. And it's just been, it's been a a total wild and fun ride for most of of those years since.
0: Wow. And just, yeah, what a start way to get your foot in the door. And, I imagine. So how long ago exactly was that, that you, that that happened?
1: That was, let's see, I think I was, I was newly pregnant with my, as mothers, we, yeah,
0: yes.
1: everything's scheduled according to gestation. Yes. So let's, I was, was I pregnant? Was I feeding a baby? What was yes. going on?
0: Was
1: pregnant. And my, my son just, he will turn 13 this fall. So it's been about 13 years.
0: Okay. So I imagine that the landscape of being an author looked a lot different back then because now there's so much social media involvement and you know they really want you to have a platform before Mm -hmm. you can ever get your book you know so what did it what was it like for you back then as far as like promotion and all that kind of thing
1: you know i was at the very I don't know if it was the beginning, but that ball was already rolling a little bit while, when I came on board, because I would hear other authors bemoaning, you know, it used to be, we could just hand in a manuscript because they hired us to write and then they would handle the marketing and the promo and the sales and all that. That was already kind of in process, I think, but you are so correct that that it's a tornado compared to what it was, um, 12 years, 12, 13 years ago. Um, social media was nascent. There wasn't really social media then. And, um, at that point, I think my first book, they were the hot new thing was a blog tour. Uh And so, um, and that was, that was really kind of avant-garde at the time, but pretty soon those blog tours ended up being stops at all the same people.
0: Um,
1: all the same people were reading all the same blogs. And so really since just from the get-go, I feel like there is there's just A moving target with this kind of thing we're all trying to figure out how to get our work in front of the people who would love it yeah and so in some in some ways social media has been a huge boon for that I mean I feel like in a lot of ways it's a blessing because I can I hear from people that I never would have found before yeah um, and it's just on my phone, you know, yeah. while I'm in carpool. So that is super cool. I also love it that people can direct message. And I usually love it that people can direct yeah. message.
0: <laughs> I sure totally get that. Yes. <laughs> uh,
1: but in general, it's fun to hear from some, because yeah. I think the immediacy of that may be people, I don't know what you've found, but I think people are more willing to, to reach out because it's just so easy. So, I mean, when I used to write a letter to an author that I loved, that was a commitment, you know, to get out a card or a let a piece of paper and to write it down and to get a stamp and, you know, I mean, it's just so I can, it's just so fast. So that's fun. Um, but I'm sure you, I'm sure you found this too, that there's a, there's another edge to that sword too. (laughs) I mean, it's just constant i mean it's hard to i'm constantly reevaluating how i can put up healthy boundaries for how often i'm on social media mm-hmm. or how often i'm doing marketing or reaching out to people and it can get tiring you know i yeah. i have to approach marketing and that kind of thing as how can i encourage someone else because for me if i if i think of oh how can i <laughs> How can I peddle my wares again? I am just sick of my own self. So
0: yeah, I know um, I, don't I have you feel, to be, yeah. 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 I have to be really excited about a project to really be right. out there about it. And even at that, at some point you kind of feel like, is it just the same people hearing the same thing over and over again? And are they just getting frustrated with it? But I'm so excited about it and I really want them to experience it because I think it's awesome, but I'm not a salesman and I don't like that part of it. Yeah.
1: Totally. No, I totally hear what you're saying. I think a lot of women are in that spot right now. If it's not, you know, talking about a book or a podcast, it's their own, um, business or their, you know, something that they're passionate about for raising money or volunteering or doing some, I mean, I think we're all feeling that same, um, hug between, I want to share with people what's important to me and, and you know, get them involved if it's something that they could love too. And also I don't want to annoy every single person who knows me. Yeah, so Exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think it's just a tightrope. I don't know if anybody's doing it perfectly, but yeah. We're all in it together.
0: Yeah. And I've had enough experience with like MLM businesses where mm, exactly. that was just every time, even if I was really excited about the product, mm-hmm. I felt like oh, but I feel like I'm just annoying people. And you don't make many sales when you go into it going like, well, I really like this, but if you don't like it, like, please don't buy it. Don't like <laughs> so you, you just don't do very well. And so I found that I've done much better when it's something that I've created myself. And right. it's it's a product that I, I can, or not not even a product, but like just something that you want people to get on board with that if you have that passion behind it i think it's helpful but it's still it's still hard yeah it's and have it's you- a weird it's a weird animal all the social media and trying to figure out how to do it well and having to watch the numbers all the time and yeah it's very weird
1: no i hear you and i feel like for our kids it's such a oh i i feel like it's a there's just a series of landmines that we're always trying to sidestep and yeah. It's just, it can be such a time suck. And so we've taken to, it took us a long time to get to the point where we felt like Anna could do a little social media, not because I didn't trust her, but more because I, there's just a lot of filth on social media too, so that you're not looking for. So kind of our watchword recently has been, is this life giving, right? Is the time you're spending life giving when you're done looking at Instagram or on Snapchat or whatever it is. After you turn off your phone, do you feel more like yourself? Do you feel more or inspired to be, you know, more like Christ? Or are you feeling depleted and discouraged? And have you spent yeah. the last, however you know, comparing yourself to, and I'm preaching to the choir here. I yeah. mean, it's not just for Anna. I feel like we have to be our own advocate with this because there's no end. You yeah. never come to the end of the feed and think, oh, I, I saw it all then. Yeah, it's never it's never ending so and even when you're on there's a little button that says new posts oh you've already missed something you know so i feel like it's a constant like we have to be our own our own sentry
0: Ladies, we mamas typically have enough to combat in order to get a good night's sleep. The last thing we need to be worrying about is a mattress that makes us uncomfortable and makes us not sleep well and has us waking up in the morning sore and stiff. And that's no good for anyone because when you're not resting well, you're not your best self. You're not your best mama. It's just if mama ain't sleeping well, ain't nobody happy. I I think think that's how that goes. So with that in mind, I want to tell you about purple. They're an awesome company. They were actually founded by a couple of brothers who'd been working on the cushioning technology for wheelchairs and hospital beds and that sort of thing. So they really knew how to make sure there were no pressure points and how to make things as comfortable as possible. But in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress so how is it different well it uses this brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist and it's not like any memory foam that you're used to it's both firm and soft at the same time so it keeps everything supported while also still being really comfortable it almost gives you that zero gravity type of feeling and they're such an awesome company to work with that they have a hundred night risk-free trial if you're not fully satisfied you can return your mattress for a full refund They're backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, and free in-home setup and old mattress removal. You are going to love Purple, and right now, my listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That is in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just go to purple.com and use my promo code LOVELY at checkout. That's purple.com, code LOVELY. The only way to get this free pillow is to use my code LOVELY at checkout. Purple.com, code LOVELY. Get a better night's sleep. So it's changed a lot over the years. It's gotten a lot more involved with, you know, promotion and all that sort of thing. Have you seen it change and even kind of what um, publishers are wanting from you as far as like the content of your books or like, has have there been trends in that as well?
1: Definitely. Yep. And, you know, publishing's a funny, a funny business. And there's a lot of speculation all the time. What's the new thing? What's the yeah. hot new thing? What's going to be next? So, um you know, I mean, just to give you an example, when I first started vampire, vampire (laughs) books were flying off the (laughs) shelves. We don't don't see a lot of vampires anymore right now. So I'm sure they'll be back one day. But, um, so there are always those kind of mini trends. Yeah. Um, I've written both Christian fiction and mainstream fiction, and I've seen, I've seen pendulum shifts in those worlds. So when I started writing, um, my first five books were with Christian publishing houses and they were hungry for, I think women were hungry for authentic voices. And Mm -hmm. so, um, so for example, they were very excited to hear that I, um, would write about real life and real marriage, and um, that things weren't always hunky-dory, and mm-hmm. my kids didn't always obey me, and I mean that's just my real life, but that comes through in my writing. Yeah. And at the beginning, that was a that was a, a kind of a lone voice because yeah. there was this idea that the Christian woman should really have everything all together, and yeah. I did not, and I don't, and my friends don't either. And so I think there was a growing hunger for that at that time now that that has that whole idea has been um very well embraced and it is almost saturated in the market so hmm. i think an authentic voice is always needed but i'm just saying that at the beginning it was very it was it was weird i was a weirdo <laughs>
0: um
1: and and then i'm also a weirdo in the mainstream market because this this book is this newest book is called heartland and the book before was called sugar and for sugar um that's a mainstream title um and it's a about a culinary it's about a pastry chef um who oh, nice. ends up yeah it was super fun to research by the way yeah, i bet uh, but it's kind of a sleepless in seattle meets the food network so kind of a, a romance but also this woman in a very male dominated profession how she finds her way and and finds and figures out love and all this stuff and so um it was very fun to write but I found with that when we were shopping it around to houses, to mainstream houses, it was very interesting to see how people responded. Um, one editor at a very big house that you would recognize um offered on the book, and she said she really liked the book. But in order to give me a higher um, to give me a better advance and then also to promise that she would be able to sell more, I would have to do two things. I'd have to have, the main character have a lot of sex and the sex needed to be raunchy. Those were her two requirements. I'm sorry wow. if you have a little listening, <laughs> but that, yeah. that's that's really true. That's really what she said. And um, they were coming right off the tail end of Fifty Shades of Grey yes. and the huge success that that was. And so they knew as a, I mean, this is, it was a business decision, right? It was yeah. a business decision that they knew what they could sell and they weren't sure that a quirky chemistry driven romance would, would make it. And so, um, yeah, so I said, no, politely (laughs) said, no, that's not really what I'm looking for. And happily that wasn't the end of the story. Another house in New York picked it up and it did, it did well, but I, I have watched those shifts and have often. I am I mean, after that phone call, I cried for a week after that phone call because I was thinking, I got, you know, I've been doing this for a decade yeah. and I'm fine to a point where maybe someone will, you know, someone from a big house was talking to me and I felt like I was better suited for the Lucille Ball era. Like I, I yeah. went home to and said, I feel like I'm, I'm writing a story that doesn't have a place anymore. I feel like I was born in the wrong time. Yeah. Um, even though in acts, we are assured that God knows the time and place where yeah. we should live. I was asking him like, are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure I'm in the right spot? Because I might just be too old for my 42 year old self. Yeah. So, so, so hard. yes. So to answer your question, yes, I have seen lots of differences in the marketplace and things going um, back and forth. I do I hear from enough readers that I do still and my own friend group, I'm pretty sure that there's a spot on the shelf for what I'm writing um, mm-hmm. and that I don't need to ranch it up. I wouldn't, no. I have, I just, I don't have a desire to do that. But, um, but yeah, there've been lots of times when I felt like, man, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And I have with, with Christian publishing too. I mean, I had one conversation with the publisher once where he was very um, concerned that, um, <sighs> yeah he was very I know what you're
0: gonna say because I think you wrote me about it (laughs) um
1: well yeah I let's just say I wanted to use as a joke I wanted to use the word shag which I feel is pretty pretty tame yeah and he thought that was really inappropriate and and wasn't uh,
0: it like within the context of marriage or something
1: yeah Yeah. no there was a long there. There have been lots of conversations like this, but yeah, the probably I think the one I mentioned to you was when it, there were two married people yeah. who have made a joke. Like and
0: hello,
1: I feel like that's happening. I mean, if You're you look at church, that Christian I, people, are
0: you know? I,
1: I see a lot of pregnant people at yeah. my church, so yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and other things too, like um, yeah, it's just a, that's a difficult line to walk as well and again that's that's a business and so they are trying to limit the number of emails that they get from people who are easily picked up and so um yeah it reminds
0: me of the radio show that i listen to all the time the wally show from way fm have you ever heard it
1: Oh, I haven't. (laughs) It has
0: national distribution, but he, I mean, they brought him in like a decade ago and he was from mainstream radio and like he, he doesn't pull any punches. He says what he wants to say, but he's a Christian, but he will say things and be like, oh, I know, I'm going to get so many emails about this tomorrow. And then they ended up starting a podcast as well. So they put like Mm -hmm. their normal radio show, they take out all the music and they put that on their podcast, but then they do an after show where they know that just people who listen to the podcast they're the only ones who are going to hear it and he was like I can say so much more stuff on here because the people who right. take the effort to actually go and listen to the podcast aren't as easily offended
1: right but when totally. it's kind of
0: just out there then people get offended really quickly right. and that's hard
1: totally I yeah I mean I and I hear it from both sides you know um people who are whipped up that there aren't you know steamy yeah. scenes in my book, and then also people who have, who are whipped up. The, you know, yeah. I mentioned a woman having wine with dinner. So yeah. you know, I just think it's so hard. I I feel like it's just not a. This kind of connects to what we were talking about before with social media. If we, I just have to be very careful. I think we all need to be probably careful of where we're centering who we are. You know, yeah. who who's deciding my yes. identity here, and if I'm if I'm worried about what every reader is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm off because that's not that well I'll never win that game. That's an impossible game to win. Um and that's not who God says we are. So no.
0: And if they don't like it, then it's not the book for them. Like everybody's entitled to their own opinion. It's like I I feel that way with my podcast. Like, okay. I'm. I'm so sorry this wasn't for you. I think there are probably a lot of other shows out there that you would totally love, and I totally. hope that you find them. We just right. must not be the best thing for you.
1: <laughs> oh, that's such a gracious and and wise way to think about it. I'm. I've gotten to the point where I would never. I don't, I don't, I only give five star reviews always yeah. in my whole life. I think I have a totally different empathy for what it takes. And even if it's not the book for me, if I really don't like it, I won't say anything, Yeah. but I just feel like it's, it's a really gutsy thing to make a podcast or to write a book or to, yeah. you know, produce your own music. And so it might not be, be my gig, but man, kudos to you for doing it because yeah. it's, it's scary. It's a scary thing to do, very vulnerable thing to do. So um And yeah. those reviews last forever, yeah. people. They're up yeah. there forever. So think carefully before you click on those stars.
0: Yeah, and it, when you leave a bad review for something technical like, I didn't know how to subscribe, one star. Right. You're like, wait, uh, what?
1: It's so killer <laughs> that's because that's up fault. there forever and yeah. that has nothing to do with what you're doing.
0: Yeah, like or I have people... no control over iTunes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally.
1: People leave reviews on Amazon with a one star well my book arrived you know banged up in my oh, mail it was yeah. two days yeah. that's not my fault yeah <laughs> oh, oh those things are so painful
0: yeah make everybody happy that's yeah. for sure well I will say that you you don't have like raunchiness in your books but you do write a good kiss oh fantastic thank yes. you <laughs> I I did enjoy those throughout the book it was oh, like I've always steamy enough Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Good.
1: Well, I mean, there's got to be some steam, right? I mean, like that's if if there's not, maybe you need to break up. But yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I'll. I think that's awesome. I will tell my husband you said that. I probably won't tell my teenager because she probably puke in her mouth.
0: Well, it was, it was very like you, you want to see chemistry between people, you know, and you want to read that. And so that was, yeah, I thought you did a good job of that. And I'm trying to think because, you know, you're saying like, is there a place for you in the market? And first of all, I mean, I definitely think that there is. I just so enjoyed your book, but I was trying to think of some of the other books that I've really enjoyed over the last couple of years that have been fiction. And I think your work, I mean, it's different, but it reminds me a lot of Catherine Ray,
1: Oh, I haven't read her.
0: They're all kind of like based on like Jane Eyre, like old kind of names. Oh, wonderful. So it's, um, but okay. um, one of my very, very favorite books is A Portrait of Emily Price.
1: Okay. Oh, I've heard
0: of that. Yes. And I just, her work is like, it's not even like outlandishly like, oh, this is a Christian book. She's got her Christian message that she's trying to, you know, make sure we're all, you know, like it's right. not that it's like, it's so, it's very real. Like, people I love have struggles, it. And, you know, I, I just, but there's also that romance involved. And I think there's such a place like I wait, I search on Amazon regularly, like when is, when is our next book coming out? Oh, that's so great. What
1: an endorsement. I have her up here. Yes. Catherine Ray, R E A Y. Yes. Yes, and it was Mr. Knightley.
0: Yes, I think it was that's the, it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, dear Mr. Knightley.
1: Oh, that's great! I'll definitely read her.
0: Yeah, I, I, my favorite one is definitely a portrait of Emily Price. She's okay, great. That, one. I have Just that really really one right here swept me away. But I, oh, so far, great. I've loved them all. They all are very unique. They really good character development, and I really felt that about your book too. Like you really felt like you got to know the characters. The things that they did were in line with the person you'd made them to be, you know, right. they didn't usually do things that were just like, wait, what? That that doesn't seem right. Except for That's when awesome. you're like, I want to slap you. Why would you do that? <laughs> but it still is in <laughs> line with the character.
1: <laughs> That's still good. That's healthy. Yes, That's healthy. Yes. You want to want to slap them sometimes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, I really feel like there is such a place for it. We need these novels that are realistic but still hopeful you know right. there's there's enough that isn't hopeful that we don't well, need to bother with I mean there are good books that are not hopeful don't get me wrong you know everybody right. should read totally. World War Two novels like I, right. I love World War Two right. novels but, <laughs> but there's just I think sometimes you just need to give yourself a little bit of a mental break. I mean, it's why there are both sitcoms and dramas, you know, like we, we all need kind of a variety and I think there's a total place in the market and I'm pretty sure Sugar is next on my list to be reading this fall. (laughs) very curious about it now. Well, I
1: hope you like it. I will tell you you, I got a little hungry because <laughs> I had to write a, a lot of beautiful food descriptions. Yeah. And honestly, that was, that's, I'm just warning you, maybe not at mealtime, but otherwise yeah. fun it to sounds read. sounds
0: good. Oh, and okay. I was going to wrap it off up, but I just remembered I have one more question. Okay, okay. So you mentioned your researching of novels. And so it was so fun to research sugar because of all the culinary stuff. And so like, with Heartland, there was a lot about New York. Have you lived in New York? Have you like, how did you research? Like, what does that process look like for you for a book?
1: Well, I always make sure I have boots on the ground. Yeah. So I really, I need to know a human being or several who live in, in the places where I'm, I'm writing. So for the Iowa piece, I had some pretty good footing, even though I don't live in a small town. I live in Des Moines, which is we have mm-hmm. about a half a million people, which yeah. is not Grace's experience at all. Um, but my parents grew up in a small town in Northwest Iowa, and so I relied heavily on my experiences there. And then I also taught in a small school or a small town rather um, years ago. So I had some good personal experience with that. For New York, I've traveled quite a bit to New York. I really okay. love New York. Um, and then also my my publishers there. So if I had some oh, okay. very, very specific questions I could ask um, but I do, that is a great question. And I really, some people don't, some authors really don't love that research phase. I love it. Yeah. I think it's super fun to think about the details of people's lives. And, um, I have another book called act two that also had a, it's kind of a modern green acres and their the sections in New York were so fun to write. I had a friend who was working there at the time as a hedge fund manager and wow. he was kind of rolling in some pretty expensive circles, which was perfect because I had some questions about, I remember asking him a very, very, um, specific question about men's footwear (laughs) and, and what would work, you know, where he was living and what would fly well. And, um, I just love, I love having someone who is very detail oriented on my side. And so I think it makes for such a better book. Yeah. Uh, Oh,
0: I, I absolutely agree.
1: Yeah. I mean, the goal for me as a writer is always to keep a reader in the story and never have her or him yank his head out and think, wait, that's not right. Yeah. So I do a lot of work on the front end so that if New Yorkers actually are, are, um, famous for being very particular about geography. So Mm. you can't, I can't wing that. It has to be pretty, pretty right on. Um, and, and, um, I just try to make sure that all those details are correct so that when they're reading, they don't think, wait a minute, that is so off. Who? What is yeah. she doing? Because then that t- pulls her out of the story. So um, Sugar had a, a, that's partly set in Seattle. And I had several people who would help me with that. I, I've traveled to all of those places. I haven't lived there. I had mm-hmm. um, one mm-hmm. book in Chicago and I did live in Chicago. So that was helpful, but I still had boots on the ground there too. So mm-hmm. I think it's important just to have, um, really do my work on that end because yeah. it enriches the story. It makes the the reader feel like she's there. And then yes. also if people have familiarity with those things or with being a pastry chef or working at a culinary institute or whatever. I want that person to also enjoy the book and not worry about my, my details being incorrect. So Yeah.
0: Well yeah, that was the other part of it I was going to say, like that it doesn't distract people thinking like, oh, is that accurate or not? But also because I love when I read something and it really makes me feel like I have a glimpse into this world that I wouldn't have ordinarily had. And so totally, I
1: totally agree. I mean, is that not so fun to feel like you are basically spying on someone else's life and getting totally dunked in? I I think it was Annie Proulx. I can't remember. I have to look this up sometime. But um, I think she was the one, she's a writer who said that people love reading about work
0: Yes. And i that's, that's just so, what I was going to say. Actually, yeah. that was the other part aside from place was the right. professions. I think it's exactly. so interesting.
1: It's so fun. I think we like reading about work as long as it's not our work. Yeah. You know, it's not as much fun yeah. <laughs> to
0: read about that, but totally.
1: I've written about an opera star and a chef and a fashion designer and that is so, it's so much fun for me because it brings, you learn a lot about a person through what they choose to do yeah. with their life. And Absolutely. so it's, it's an a ready-made entry point, but it is really fun. I do spend a lot of time on the front end thinking about what the work will be because yeah. I spend a lot of time with these fake people. I need yeah. to be interested.
0: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's something I think you'll really like about Catherine Ray. Because when I'm reading her books, I'm thinking like, has she been all these things? Because my goodness, she knows so much about, you know, old art restoration or like, you know, I mean, all these random professions where you're just like, she she knows all these intimate little details about it that you're thinking there's right. no way she couldn't have written this without having done it. And I'm sure she hasn't, you know, been a social worker and an art restor- restorer and, you know, like all these different things, right. but she does such a good job of it. And I felt like that with your book, too. It was really fun to get a glimpse into the world of you know the the high fashion thing and how that would play out and you know really the kind of cutthroatness of it all and the things that people would wear and it right. yeah I thought you did <laughs> that's a really great good job.
1: oh good thank you
0: yeah it was very fun okay this has been a long conversation so I will go ahead and wrap love it up it. but I just had so much fun chatting with you
1: me so, too it was great
0: yes it was so fun but how are you currently cultivating loveliness
1: that's a, that's, I feel like that is a constantly revisited question around here because yeah. as seasons change and as my kids change and my family life looks a little different, I have to rewrite a little of that. Yeah. Um, for me, most recently I am, this sounds so silly because you would think <laughs> with my job that I would do this automatically, but I very easily can go, um, days without reading anything I want to read yeah. No, <laughs> so makes sense. yeah so I'm I'm trying to carve out even small moments mm-hmm. to read things that I want to read I have a to be read list that is just ridiculous <laughs> I it, hear I you unless I suddenly this they've like find a fountain of youth there's no way I'll get through all of yeah. it yep. um, but I'm trying to to not think of it as oh I'd like to read now sit down and have even you know the days of an hour to read are kind of gone, And so even 15 minutes here and there, or while I eat my lunch or when I'm in the car, I'm trying to add in little snippets instead of being perpetually irritated that I don't have longer time. Um, And then the other thing on a, just on a, a heart health way of cultivating lovely in my own heart, I have to get, I get up earlier to spend time reading the Bible and praying in a way that's not fussy. Yeah. So not, not doing my best, not to always do my best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So not waiting for me to look all, to have my, all my ducks in a row and feel like, okay, now I really can, I can pray now. Um Yeah. That is the biggest killer for intimacy with God ever, because yeah. it negates the work on the cross. It cheapens it because it says, no, no, you didn't do it quite enough. You did some, but really I have to make this all right before I talk to you. And that's not how my kids talk to their dad.
0: Yeah.
1: That's not how they talk to me. And so I can't go to my heavenly father and say, you did it wrong, basically. Yeah. So um, mourning seems to be the best for me, for that, mm-hmm. I'm not awake necessarily, yeah. <laughs> but it's my first my first um, interaction with language in the day. It needs to be with Him, and it doesn't yeah. need to be pretty. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that verse that says, cast your cares on, on the Lord because He cares for you. That word to cast is actually pretty violent. It's not placed gently in numerical yeah. order, right? Yeah. But it means to fling. And yeah. so... Doing some flinging lately. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That's a really good one.
0: A good way to to start off your day for sure.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. I don't. I don't look good, and yeah. I don't sound like I have it all together. And I think that's the point. Yeah. So.
0: No. Yeah, I totally agree.
1: <laughs> and then the dog comes in and barks, and the kids yeah. are screaming, and no yeah. one has. For their lunches and there's peanut butter in their hair. So, you yeah, know, it's yep. not romantic time, Mackenzie. I'm not saying yeah, that.
0: Yeah. But I'm getting there. <laughs> you don't have candles and you know, oh the my whole gosh.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't be able to find a candle, much less patches <laughs> or a flamethrower.
0: Forget it. I have friends that would. That is what their morning time looks like. And it's yeah. Like four candles. What? For real. For real. I believe it. Yeah, oh. No, if you met, if you met them, they, they are, and it's not like fake. Wow. Right? I've always been kind of the, the, you know, stick out sore thumb in the group because they, they are that lovely. Like my one friend, she's partnering with me on the new podcast, so I'm sure people will know who she is, but she literally has like twinkle lights placed throughout her home on timers. So they come on exactly when like it starts getting dark outside so you feel the ambiance and you like i mean like
1: it's amazing it's amazing I, 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 i'm it's speechless amazing. if this were a video call you would see my draw drop
0: <laughs> yeah it's amazing i try to just be around these ladies and just like soak in as much of it and so maybe i'll have like a little bit of it <laughs> because
1: don't even. You just be you and then like steal their twinkle lights every now and then. Yes. Or just over at the right time. Say, hey, when are those coming on? I'll be yeah.
0: here fine. <laughs> right? <laughs> I actually, I'm considering writing a book. And I wrote a chapter the other night all about because I house sat for this friend and I had to water her immense English cutting garden while I was there. And so it was this whole chapter of every night I would, you know, spend an hour watering this garden. And at the oh, by the God end... Of- wait a minute i
1: have to ask a question of clarification does the english cutting garden woman who i'm sure is so lovely does she have children
0: four and she's about to adopt more oh (laughs) my gosh a part of me just died inside (laughs) i know i know and she seriously it's she is amazing she is is every and it's so genuine and she loves she loves watering that garden every night just like being out there in nature and by night two I had like a podcast going and was like (laughs) this is torture oh my word And at the end of that 11 days, I was like, I am ready to fully embrace the fact that I will never be a gardener. And I am okay with that. I will come over and enjoy your garden and your twinkle lights that are also in the garden on timers. But... I will never have this. And she was like, you can come enjoy mine. You don't have to have it. You have the freedom to not be this. That's the kicker, right? For the
1: friend who has the English garden and the twinkle lights, never to make you feel like you're supposed to have your twinkle lights. That's the key. Nope.
0: Because if she did,
1: you would not be watering her garden anymore because that's too much work and too sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But she is that gracious. On top of it, right? She doesn't even sound like a real person. She's that amazing. That's
1: amazing. That's so great. Don't tell your English garden friend that I can't even get basil (laughs) to stay alive. Basil is like what will last after the apocalypse. Yeah, and it dies on my watch. It dies.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. Oh yeah,
1: that's not that's not my gig. But I'm so happy for you that you have a friend who has that garden. And can you? Does she give you flowers out of that garden?
0: Um, what is she? she in English, what garden? Cutting garden. She cuts flowers okay. to put in her house.
1: This is amazing. I did not know this happened in the universe. Right? Out of Great Britain. That's yeah. amazing.
0: It's like, I'm pretty sure this garden would get the royal stamp of approval. Wow. She's, yep. She is, and her home is the same way. Like, it's just, it's amazing. Wow.
1: She was yep. meant to do what she's doing right
0: Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's and we were meant to eat
1: it. chocolate ice cream on the couch and marvel at her.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I, I, we're a good team because we bring very different sides of things to the table.
1: That's amazing. Yep. I'm so in awe. And it's so good you have her as a friend because oh, you get flowers, yep. twinkle yep. lights, good friendship, and… Yes.
0: And she graciousness. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. And now I don't have to water the garden anymore. So Oh, good job. And <laughs> nothing died.
1: Nothing died on your watch? Nothing
0: completely. So you know. <laughs> I'm tempted to send you this chapter that I wrote the other day just so you can like fully grasp what it was send like. Send it on. Okay. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I I was, I had a tendency to Google some things like, if leaves are getting really, really light green, is that a sign that something's wrong? Does that mean
1: too much water or too little water? I
0: think it was too little water because it was like 100 degrees outside and, you know, but I wasn't sure. That's
1: hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Good job. That was
0: a good adventure for you. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, but the way that I am currently cultivating The Lovely right now is, well, you really got me started on it because I'd been wanting to read more fiction, hadn't had a chance, so finally, like, I was like, I have to read a fiction book because I'm interviewing her for the podcast, and so (laughs) it was, yeah, it was really lovely to have that happen, and that's gotten me rolling on reading more fiction, and I really wanted to watch the new, um, the Guernsey Literary and yes. Potato Peel Society.
1: Society. Yes. I love that book. Well, love I, it.
0: Yeah. I wanted to watch the movie on Netflix. I love Lily James, but Me too. but I really like I know that usually whatever I experience first is the thing that I favor. Totally. And so I wanted to make sure that I read the book first. And so on Amazon Prime Day, like back, you know, a month and a half ago or whatever, I bought the book and I've been waiting on it to have time to actually read it. And I, what was that?
1: That's so good. I'm so proud that you're going book first. That's so awesome. And
0: everybody keeps telling me like, oh, the movie's so good. And oh, I just didn't even bother reading the book. Because I felt like I was the last person on the planet who hadn't read the book. But apparently I'm not. Well,
1: it came out a long time ago, though. I mean, that was, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I buckled down and I'm like, in two days, I'm... 88 pages in or whatever. I've read 30 uh, percent of the book. So how do you like it? I love it. I know. I love I it. Yeah, that book. I'm so excited to see how they make it into a movie because it's so letter driven. You know, that's right. that's the that's what the whole premise thing oh, is. I just and so, love yeah, it.
1: I I'm love really that book. It. And do you know the story of how that book was finished? No. I believe. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but I believe the author. Um, passed away before she could finish it, and okay. her niece finished the book for it because aren't there two? Aren't there two? Yes, and I knew opposite- one
0: of them died, but I wasn't yeah. sure if how that all played out.
1: I believe the other was her niece. I'm sorry, I can't remember their names, but yeah, um, yeah, so that also adds to just what a labor of love that was. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. I have a friend here who goes to our church, and she is from one of those islands. Oh, wow. So there's Jersey and Jersey, and she is from Jersey. And so she talks about that. Their experience in the war was so different than the rest of of the country. So
0: Oh, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. So isn't that so cool? I'm excited for you to read there. I'm going to read it again, too. You've inspired me. I'm going to read that again, and then I'm going to watch the movie. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I'm very excited to be able to – maybe I'll have it done by this weekend. (laughs) I'll watch the movie this weekend. So fun. Yeah. So anyway, that's very exciting. Okay, are you ready for the stock questions? Totally ready. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Candles. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper?
1: I actually like cloth. We use those at our house.
0: Nice mm-hmm. job. I'm very impressed. Well, See? I just put them in
1: the wash all the time. They're not nice they're not nice.
0: But if you're using it, you know. it, you're like one step away from twinkle lights. <laughs> <laughs> Before <laughs> you know it. Oh, I feel like there are more steps. I feel like there's a lot of steps, <laughs> okay, um paper or digital,
1: oh, paper, old school paper, paper,
0: okay, city or country.
1: That's a mood issue for me, but okay. I need both. Okay. I really need both, yep,
0: yeah, and you can tell by your last book,
1: yes, totally.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um shopping would you rather do it online or in the store?
1: Neither and never, okay. <laughs>
0: Um, it's four o'clock or whatever time you make dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music?
1: Hmm. Typically podcast.
0: Okay. And what are some of your favorite podcasts? And you do not have to mention mine.
1: Well, yours. Uh And,
0: um, (laughs) okay. My favorite
1: podcast. Oh, I'm all over the board. I love a lot of the interviews that Terry Gross does on Fresh Air. Okay. Um, I love Front Porch with the Fitzes. Because they are, I don't know if you've heard of that one, but they are, it's a family. It's two adult children with their parents and mostly they laugh at each other. Okay. Um, that's really, really fun. Um, and let's see. I really love, I'm, I'm kind of been, I really love learning about stuff that I don't know. And Mm -hmm. so, um, recently I listened to a podcast called Ear Hustle. Have you heard no, of this? I have not. Okay, it's very. There's some language. It is definitely real and gritty, but it is a podcast um, produced and made in the San Quentin prison, and it's wow. by a prisoner with a woman who does art therapy there. And it's just it brought to light an entire subculture that I know nothing about. So yeah. I don't. I don't think a lot about. The prison system, I'm, yeah. that's probably not a, that's not a good thing that I, you know, we kind of forget that there are thousands of people who live that life. Yeah. Um, and it was fascinating. It was fascinating and heartbreaking and funny and um, really well done. So that's my most recent. Okay. But go in with a little armor because, yeah. I mean, it's a re- it's, <laughs> there's no sugar coating.
0: Okay. Sounds good. People are forewarned. Yes. For you, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chocolate, milk or Dark.
1: Oh, dark every day.
0: Alright, I agree. Hands down. Sports mm-hmm. or no sports?
1: Well I'm obsessed with the Olympics. Does that count?
0: <laughs> no. That's every two years.
1: But <laughs> and I like college football. But Okay. You know, well that
0: might it. that might make you a little bit more sporty. <laughs> that's a little more regular.
1: But it doesn't ruin my life. Like when yeah. my team when the Hawkeyes lose, I don't like mope. Yes. I'm just that's momentarily sad. And then we have to go get nachos. So. Okay,
0: that sounds good. That's reasonable sportiness. Yes, reasonable sport. <laughs> <laughs> okay, live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch?
1: Do you mean have like me? Like on
0: Facebook it? Live? Would you rather go oh. on Facebook Live or go on Insta oh, Stories no. or watch other people's?
1: No, no, watch, watch for okay. sure.
0: What is your favorite movie?
1: Oh my gosh, that's hard. I know. Oh no! Um, today I would say the proposal was Sandra. Oh, Bush. that
0: is that is a good one.
1: It is really good. I don't think
0: anyone said that so far, but I have seen it probably fifty times.
1: I love that movie. They have the just the best chemistry, oh, and the yeah. house, the house alone deserves a movie.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. And did you know that was in like Maine or something? It was. Yes. It's not Alaska. <sighs> it's yeah.
1: beautiful. That yeah. is a beautiful movie. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And I also really like, here's one more plug, Dan in Real Life. Have yes, you seen that movie?
0: Yes. I loved
1: that movie. That was I,
0: so good. I need to watch I, that again. It's a
1: great one. I love Steve Carell and I think it's really, really well done. Loved yeah.
0: it. I totally agree. And both of those are movies that I don't think have ever been mentioned before. So way oh, to go. day. Thank you. Okay. I don't have twinkle
1: but I do have some movie recommendations. You've got
0: great movie taste. I should have you on just for that. (laughs) Okay, if you were to put yourself on the crunchy spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is completely crunchy, singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where would you be on the spectrum?
1: (laughs) Okay, it took me a while to really focus on crunchy. Like, did it mean like candy that's crunchy or i'm a yeah. little okay so what was what was not shaving legs and granola car uh, the fire that's the 10 that's 10 the
0: zero is the totally not
1: yeah i'd say i'm about a five but i surely do shave
0: yes yeah yep. mm-hmm. i consider myself generally on the more crunchy side but yeah. i will never have dreadlocks and i will never no, not no. shave no yep. i
1: can't lice lice is a problem for me yeah mm-hmm.
0: I agree. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Kimberly. It was so much fun.
1: Thank you. It was a total joy. Thank you for letting me be a part.
0: Yes. And I hope that people run out and get your books and enjoy them in the coziness of the fall.
1: Awesome. Sounds like a perfect plan.
0: Yeah. They just need to pick up some twinkle lights along the way. Totally. Yep. And candles. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, bye. That was a good, long, fun conversation, wasn't it? I so enjoyed being able to chat with her, and we would love to hear what you guys think of this interview. If you hop over into our Facebook group, just search Cultivating the Lovely on Facebook, we would love to hear what you thought of the show, if you'd like to hear more fiction authors on the show, any of that sort of thing. We just really enjoy hearing from you guys and seeing the conversations that happen between all of you in the group. It's so much fun for us to see those spontaneous relationships happening and growing, it's really what this community is all about. And if you haven't shared it with your friends lately, maybe you'd want to. Maybe you want to tell them about Cultivating the Lovely or even our new show, The Same Page, which, like I mentioned, we would love to have you check out at thesamepagepodcast.com or find us at The Same Page on iTunes, Google, or Stitcher. And if you haven't left a rating or review yet, those make such a difference, especially at the beginning of the podcasting year, which is kind of where we're at right now. There's a lot of people vying for positions in iTunes. And if you leave those ratings and reviews, it's just a kind of silent way to really support the show and be able to help us out. Of course, if you want to take your involvement even farther and really get involved in community with Cultivating the Lovely, you're going to want to join our Yellow Brick Road community in Patreon, where not only will you get all of the extra goodness associated with our Same Page podcast, but all the fun, usual challenges and everything that we do for Cultivating the Lovely. So it's basically two memberships for the price of one, and it's super fun. So just go over to patreon.com cultivatingthelovely. We hope to see you there. If you'd like the show notes for this episode to be able to find Kimberly's books and all of that good stuff, then you can go over to boldturquoise.com forward slash 080. And you might have fun peeking around the website because we have done a lot of new things with the websites lately and are kind of giving it a facelift and a fresh look. More of that will be rolling out throughout the fall. All right, ladies, thanks again for listening. It's such an honor to be in your earbuds or through your speakers. We will never take that for granted. And until next week... Go be bold and gracious.